host, Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you happen to be a highly sensitive person, a sensitive soul, like I am, I would love to give you my free gift, The Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, The Three Ways of Navigating Your Way to More Peace, Positivity, and Personal Power. And you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. Absolutely free for you. And, and then you'll be uh, on my mailing list and uh, get all sorts of really cool gifts and uh, you know get to know about what's coming up next. Not only a weekly spiritual medicine uh, digest, weekly YouTube um, that I do, but also uh, upcoming telesummits and interviews and things like that. So I'm super excited to uh, to have you connect with me and my tribe. So today we are going to be interviewing Wendy Coulter. Now, she has been a professional medical intuitive for 20 years and is the leading trainer for healthcare professionals. She's based in Los Angeles. She's effectively taught doctors, nurses, psychologists, therapists, energy workers, and other health professionals how to use medical intuition in their practices. And uh, I'm excited to hear about her personal story about her childhood intuition and experiences and how she figured all this stuff out and then now is you know one of the leading trainers and uh, this is really great because I think I uh, probably have heard when, now now there was a Wendy now I don't remember the last name but a Wendy long 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 time ago at the uh, I think it was at, back then it was called the Holistic Medical Doctors Association or something like that and um, I couldn't afford to physically go to this training and so I bought the back then the cassette tapes that's how long it was cassette tapes and um, I had uh, listened to this woman her first name was Wendy and she was doing medical intuition training and I got to tell you I was so incredibly impressed Uh, it really got me on the road to being very very interested in kind of like our psychic powers and uh, now that you know and so many things have happened since then but it's super exciting to finally get to know Wendy so um, what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about what is medical intuition exactly Um, do you have to have special gifts in order to do it Uh, we're going to learn more about um, you know what's the difference between medical intuition and energy healing modalities um, some stories stories uh, and then ma- and then how you can train if you want wish to be trained in the skill of medical intuition so without further ado welcome Wendy hi dr. Karen uh, thank you for having me on your show oh yeah I, I'm so pleased that you're here with us today we're super excited to um, to have you here and um, one of the things that has been uh, uh, bugging me uh, of late is that sometimes my students will, you know, post uh, links or, you know, of somebody who's written a famous book or something like that about what they um, have suggested that everybody do, you know, whether it be to drink mm-hmm. this juice or that juice or do this cleanse or that cleanse. And, and then when I kind of look into that person, I'm like, well, wait a second. Um, I'm not necessarily trusting <laughs> Because I'm a medical doctor, what can I say? You know that that, that <laughs> there's something that um, if you blanket tell everybody they should do something, I don't know. I, I just I just wasn't resonating with it, and I understand you know from medical intuition, the work that you do, um, that uh, you know it, it's really a sacred relationship between yourself and the client, or yourself and and the patient, and when you're doing readings and things like that, that like not everybody is going to respond to the same thing across the board. At least that's my personal experience, um, but would love to know from, you know, your childhood, like, what <laughs> got you into this, you know, this kind of thing, and what's your perspective on intuition and medical intuition and mediumship and the differences? Oh, well, you know, I, what you just said is a mouthful, uh, and I'll tell you why. 
um, there's a lot of, actually you said it better than I could, and that is that, you know, this cleanse or that cleanse or this diet or that diet. The key to medical intuition, the way I practice it and the way I teach it, is that uh, I do not practice what in Western medicine they call cookie-cutter medicine, right? Which means that everybody follows the same thing and it has the same result because that's just not the case. And after, you know, 20 years of of, uh, in practice as a medical intuitive, if I'm not looking at your specific body and having a conversation with your body and asking it what it needs and how it wants it, then I'm not doing my job correctly. So I don't have a this equals that kind of mentality. I don't have biases in my way of looking. And that's really, uh, it's very important because when you go out there for health advice, um, that's generally what you'll get. You'll get someone's perspective, and I don't mean uh, you know a well-trained medical doctor should be able to see more broadly, but even through their own lens. And right, right. That's that's one of the the, the things you know that I work uh, that with student people who work with me learn in this process to really drop that cognitive bias. Um, and I have a lot of examples of this where uh, because I am not a medical doctor. <laughs> Uh, even though I teach medical doctors and others, um, I don't actually have that, you know, medical background. So in a way, um, what I see is is just what I say, and what what there is, what the body wants to communicate. And that's the that's the key, is you want to have that conversation with the body on the deepest level, so that you get information that may or may not be within your own, um, you know, perspective. And that goes across the board. That tunnel vision perspective not just in Western medicine or conventional medicine, but also in alternative medicine. When you go to your acupuncturist, they're going to see your situation or your issues through that lens. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way people are trained. Medical intuition uh, is kind of the absence of that in that we're just looking and having a conversation with the body. Whatever it, it wants and whatever it says is, is the information to take. So, you know, to, to assimilate. So it's mm-hmm. a little different perspective. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly what. Um, and in the you know healing work that I do, we we do very personalized assessments as, as exactly. well. And Chinese medicine, we do that. But with that, uh, we all have a lens to some degree. But but in Chinese medicine, which I'm also you know an acupuncturist, um, right. we didn't. I mean, the way I was trained, we didn't deal with some of the weirder spiritual stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so it just wasn't in that container, right? So we right. Didn't, I mean, we kind of sort of did, but but um, not not in the way that we can now. Um, so, yeah, I keep broadening and, and opening and opening and seeing a bigger and bigger picture each way. So it's really great to have a professional like yourself, you know, um, kind of walk us through a little bit um, about, you know, how, how you do what you do. Yeah, and uh, you just mentioned the spiritual. Well, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of research right now uh, from areas like um, psychoneuroimmunology and in psychology where they talk about early life experience and later life health impact. And listen, you know, all that stuff, which is called adverse childhood experiences, among other things, um, it, it, it just underlines what a good medical intuitive should be able to do. So we're not just looking at the physical body and having a discussion really with your physical body, but we're also looking at the underlying causes. And those can be <clears throat> emotional, mental, spiritual, um, you know, and, and numerous other areas as well. And we want to look at all of it so that 
the client, my client gets a, a good broad picture and specific picture of what's going yeah. on for their body and their energy systems and all the rest of it. All of that for professional um, you know, um, practitioners such as yourself, it, it helps you inform how you're going to use your skills and your background and your training to work with your patient. So it's, it's a foundational kind of a, view, a viewpoint, and which is why I train people from across the spectrum of healthcare. So definitely acupuncturists, definitely people from all kinds of healthcare disciplines, including Western, um, including mental healthcare, et cetera. So it has all of these aspects to it. Oh, that's that's beautiful, and and it's so exciting to, and I I think my listeners are you know excited to know that that even quote unquote conventionally trained healthcare practitioners are delving in to learning medical intuition and really marrying that kind of like left brain right brain scientific and you know mystery school if you will uh, approach to you know 360 degrees of of wellness because we definitely have missed a lot of that. I always I love that kind of stuff in, in medical school. I actually had a, a, um, a psychiatrist and a family doctor who headed this little group, and there was just eight of us in the group out of the whole you know 84 mm-hmm. students. But it was just really really into kind of this more esoteric stuff, and it was so interesting to me. But there was no path then. Yes. You know, like what you're offering uh, yes. to people to study further. And so this is super exciting that people in, that are conventionally trained that do wish to expand their perspective have a way to go now. So, yay. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yay, know, I wanted to get trained in it 20 years ago. <laughs> like, right? I'm so interested <laughs> in this. I'm like, there's nowhere to study this. So, I, you know, I, I, my, my trajectory also includes Uh, teaching energy medicine and, you know, intuitive development in other ways and all kinds of things. And I realized that, you know, what I was doing was um, medical intuition. I didn't really call it that, but in my energy healing work, I was literally looking into the body on my own (laughs) and uh, looking at the life history and the underlying causes. And my, my clients were like, how do you do that? You know, they're not used to that from an energy healer. Um, even though many do get hits, I was getting, you know, whole, just a lot of information for them. And I realized that what I was doing was medical intuition. And I also realized that my uh, colleagues were sending me their difficult cases and uh, doctors were calling me for consultations for their patients. So, you know, it's like, cool. well, something's going on here. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that, well, that and made me so realize. Well, that's too. <laughs> Oh, sure, sure. But it made me realize that um, this is such an important skill for healthcare that, you know, regardless of my own uh, background, you know, not as a, you know, I'm not traditionally trained in anything uh, like that, I could still teach. And that is just such a joy for me to be able to teach people. And I'm very fortunate. I teach, um, I'm on faculty at the Academy for Integrative Health and Medicine, which is a wonderful organization that teaches uh, integrative uh, perspectives in healthcare, and I also teach at uh, the Andrew Weil Center in uh, Tucson, Arizona, once a year to their fourth-year medical students. And then, what a what a phenomenal opportunity to bring this kind of perspective to uh, these communities. So it's 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 been a real privilege. 
Oh, that's been great. And just imagining our, you know, next generations of uh, mm-hmm. medical doctors and healthcare workers, you know, really having this as just a normal part of, you know, yeah. their their practice, not even extracurricular, like just normal. I think yes. that's so, so exciting. Um, really, really yeah. exciting. Yeah. One of the yeah, uh, things I've noticed. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, it's one of the things that I've noticed in the time I've been, uh, you know, teaching this work, is that um, the doctors, even the even the, the the new doctors, right, the young fourth year students and residents, they understand. And even though it's not really talked about, I'm sure in medical school of any kind, uh, there still is this understanding that if you have a hunch, that it would be a good idea to follow it, right? And in nursing, and I teach a lot of nurses. Um, that is something they're actually taught in their programs, you know, in their in their in their studies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, nurses are incredibly intuitive. A lot of them are, and a lot of them have pushed the whole uh, research into intuition. Um, and if you go on PubMed or, or you know the government uh, publication uh, for peer-reviewed journals, you can see tons and tons of studies done and are continuing to be done on intuition in healthcare from the nursing perspective, and it's brilliant, brilliant work. Um, and they really get it. Now, you know, actually so do people uh, like yourself who've studied, you know, Chinese medicine or other other modalities or skills or forms of medicine. You kind of get the whole idea of an intuitive hit, right? It's really, it's really common to the human experience, put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I remember one of the pivotal books that I read early on when I was in, um, you know, uh, just about to start, like, Reiki school, so to speak, uh, is um, another intuitive. Uh, she's also, she's actually an MD, uh, Mona Lisa Schultz. And, oh, uh, sure. Book called, yeah. Yeah, Awakening Intuition, and that was the first time I heard about, you yep. know, chakras and whatever, and, and actually got to, to meet her in person, too, and she's just hilarious in person. She goes, I have no frontal... <laughs> Lobe, so just don't mind what comes out of my mouth. It was just really, really funny. Um, but I, but I remember her talking about her intuitive hits, and then I remember one time in medical school that I, um, this kid came in, he was 14, and he just looked really uncomfortable. And um, I asked all the right questions, right? Did all the right exams, and I said, I said to, I, I you know, the, the parent wasn't there, unfortunately, the, the grandparents were there, and I, I just said, I'm, I'm really sorry to tell you, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you have appendicitis, and you're going to need surgery. Of course, he burst into tears, but um, anyway, so I tried to communicate to the family and got the surgeon. I'm like, this kid's got appendicitis, you know. <laughs> so the surgeon takes a look at him, and she's like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> And she's like, well, you know, his white count was normal. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I, it's appendicitis, right? And, and, and so, um, so finally, after hours and hours, we got hold of the family a whole bit. Um, I, she, I had talked to her again. I was really trying to bug her about it. And she goes, she says, yeah, I don't, I don't, there's something here. I know the white count, the scan was, uh, you know, not, it didn't really help. The CAT scan didn't really help. This is in Canada. The CAT scan didn't really help. The white count's normal. But I don't feel comfortable, so I'm going to go in. And I was praying mm. to God, like, thank you. <laughs> you know? So mm. when she did go in, she saw that the appendix had burst, had walled off into an abscess. Mm. Did not see it on the CAT scan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they cleaned all that up. And then he spiked a fever. Then his white count went up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, basically, you know, uh, she saved his life. But the mm-hmm. thing was is that we both felt uncomfortable. You know, we just 
like the data didn't quite match what we were expecting, but um, I just kept pushing, and she was like, yeah, you're right. I, I, I just don't feel comfortable. I, I, she didn't want to open them up, right, if, if she didn't have right. to, understandably. But it's just one of those cases where, you know, it can be really important. It could. Well, it can be life or death. Life. Yeah. yeah. That's a phenomenal story, and good for you for keep pushing, uh, kept pushing at it because that was an intuitive hit on your part that really something here was going on. I have a dozens of those, just hundreds of those, as do my students, because this is the nature of, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox here a little bit. <laughs> yes, please do. It's perfectly fine. You're in good company. We don't mind at all. <laughs> Well, you think about think about it. You know, who goes to see a medical intuitive? In general, it's people who have been basically told that they don't have what they have, or or they they haven't gotten any kind of conclusive information from you know conventional medicine, and you know they may have something going on. And and there's so many issues that are difficult, so to speak, to diagnose in Western medicine. Um, in fact, um, I'll talk to you a little bit later about, I, l- I look forward to sharing uh, the pilot research I did um, in San Diego with, um, with my students um, and our results on medical intuition. And one of the groups that we worked with uh, for this pilot survey, so it was a study, was a group of a cohort of patients from UCSD Medical Center who <clears throat> have banded together, these patients, <laughs> uh, because... They have issues that they have been told are difficult to diagnose, and they haven't gotten successful diagnoses on them. Uh, things like Lyme disease and other issues that not only are hard to diagnose, they're hard to treat. Hard to so, treat, yeah, like fibromyalgia, yeah. chronic fatigue syndrome. Exactly, <laughs> you name it. And this yeah. was a fairly large group, and they were they were very happy to join us for the study. So that was 20 of, I think, about 14 of, of those folks came through uh, in that group, and I'll tell you more about that a little later. But this is what happens with medical intuition, and this is why doctors call me for consultations and why people come when they, when they feel like the Western medicine, you know, has just not, has failed them. Now, that's not to say that, you know, Western medicine fails everyone, because it doesn't, but there are many people who fall outside of the spectrum of traditional testing, and of course, Testing changes over time. <laughs> 20 years right. ago, I was seeing SIBO, you know, small intestinal bowel overgrowth, in people's small intestines, and there was no, there was, there was no, no cultural name for it. Yeah, but there it was. And so, you know, medical intuitives see things, and we've seen things for centuries, I suppose, that, you know, the medicine at the time doesn't, doesn't recognize. So this is fascinating when you think about it, you know, it's, it's, endlessly fascinating and what you can see and what you can discern is frankly um, unlimited when it comes to that there are medical intuitives working in research you know um, scientific research there are medical intuitives working in ERs alongside doctors Uh, there are people like me doing consultations Uh, there are many many people kind of under the radar so to speak using this intuitive skill the one thing I wanted to point out too is that medical intuition the way I teach it and the way I practice it turns a hit into a method. In other words, it's not just a hit. It's actually a process. If if your example of being in the hospital, having a gut feeling or a hit that this uh, patient had uh, burst appendix and the surgeon going, the the markers aren't there, 
that would have been the perfect time for medical intuitive to consult and say, okay, I see that there's an abscess forming, that there is, even though the white blood cell's not up, I see this and this visual can give you more information about what's actually going on. So it's a bit like being a human super MRI or something. You know, it's like that's what I, yes. that's, what so we, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's what, that is so interesting. Well, that's the job. That's that's half the job. Half the job is looking into the body, having the body show visually, you know, what's going on and what and then what the causes could be, you know, physical causes, emotional causes, mental causes. That's a whole other conversation about mind body. You know, how does the mind affect the body? How does something like this even occur? You know, how does balance occur? That's a that's much that's a very large part of the conversation as well because people don't want just to know what's going on in the moment. They want to know what brought it there and how they can, you know, adjust going forward. Oh, that's well, great. Well, one of the questions I'm sure is going to come up, if not, uh, you know, uh, by the way, for folks listening live on the show, I did just open the chat, and you could certainly ask a question by calling in at 818-514-1190. Hit 1, so we know your hand's up, 818-514-1190. But I'm sure one of the questions is going to be, oh, my gosh, Wendy, I'm not, I don't think I'm a visual person. So does that mean mm-hmm. I can't do medical intuition? Uh, the answer to that is, is it doesn't matter if you're visual or not. Um, the, 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 the skill is a learned skill. So, you know, here's how I, I explain it. When, when kids are young, they usually show a proclivity or a bent towards something, either math or sports or art or something like that. And generally what a parent will do is they'll encourage their child in, in those things that they're naturally kind of talented or gifted at. And then, you know, the child gains confidence in that area. <laughs> um, uh-huh. That doesn't happen with intuition. <laughs> An intuitive child is usually shut down, right? It's like, don't talk about that, right? So generally speaking, people don't think about intuition the same way you would think about developing a skill or a creative art, like learning a language or even, you know, working a muscle. But that's literally what it is. You can work a muscle and, and get stronger. You can learn a new language you've never learned before with practice and time and good instruction. So you can learn an instrument, all the rest of it. So right. medic, uh, learning to use the visual sense is very much like working a new muscle. And you mentioned earlier left brain, right brain connection. That's very much a part of it. Not deliberately, but that's what happens uh, is those two hemispheres start to interact a little bit more um, proficiently uh, in the process of learning how to use the visual aspect. Most people who call themselves intuitive are what I call clairsentient, meaning they feel things or they sense yes. things that, or they know things. That would things. be me. <laughs> yeah, that's very natural. For, for most people who say I'm intuitive, that's what it's they're talking common. about. Yeah, but uh, the visual part is not as common, and that's, what I, that's the part that I teach for looking, being able to look into the body and into the life history. Ooh, very cool, very cool. Um, now, when you were a kid, what was it like for you being intuitive? You mentioned about, you know, how it's not a normal thing that parents would know to support. <laughs> I had unusual parents, which was nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, well, my parents didn't, um, you know, they didn't understand me in that respect. But they also didn't, you know, I would be like talking to my dead grandmother and, you know, they'd be like, uh-huh, you know. <laughs> but... Um, 
but they didn't discourage it, bless their hearts. You know, they really, they really, they, my mother's, an, you know, these are creative people. My my mother was creative. My father was very analytical. But the two of them together, um, you know, just kind of encouraged all sorts of creative pursuits for, the, you know, my family and my, my siblings. And this was one of my creative pursuits and what fun, you know. It was just kind of not really thought about in the family. But there was a point at which I realized that I was doing things other people weren't doing. <laughs> right, you're like, um, what do you mean you can't see so-and-so? <laughs> well, my mother used to tell me, I'll, I'll just give you this. My mother, when I was in preschool, my mother used to tell me, this was later in life when, you know, I was developing my intuition and she was asking me questions about it. And she said, you know, uh, when you were a little one, a toddler in preschool, she said, before I used to come pick you up from preschool, you would send me images uh, of where you were in the playground or in the in the rooms wow. or something, you tell me you'd show me exactly where you were, and I said, "Well, mom, that means you're the intuitive psychic." And she said, "Oh no, no, no! It was only you, not the other children. <laughs> None of my siblings did that." So she picked up on it, and there was many, many more stories like that in the family. But um, so you know, it was kind of like I had the free reign to just play with this, and I did, and. Um, uh, one of my, I'll, I'll tell you kind of a defining moment for me, is when I realized that um, I had been reading a lot about mind-body connection. And I read uh, Deepak Chopra's book, Quantum Healing. And um, he describes uh, t- teaching his patients, uh, he's an MD, right? So teaching his patients how to use their mind to shrink cancer tumors or things like that. And I thought this was fascinating. To me, it wasn't necessarily intuitive, but it used that same kind of, well, let's just imagine what this could potentially be. And so there's a connection there. And um, not long after that, my body actually created a little tumor. It was a dysplasia tumor, which meant uh, abnormal cells, so precancer or non-cancerous, I guess it would be, cells. And when I went to my doctor, um, she said, well, you know, this isn't cancer, but why don't we just remove it? surgically to be on the safe side and I said well no problem hey I just read this great book (laughs) about shrinking tumors with your mind Um, what do you think and uh, of course you know she thought I was crazy but (laughs) she said well I don't think it will hurt you and there you go so I had this little two-week window before the surgery and I thought you know I'm just going to do this so every day I sat down, I was doing a transcendental meditation at the time, which was a really wonderful, it's a wonderful meditation technique. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to add a visual at the end of my meditation to try to just shrink this little thing. And I imagined um, little happy bubbles and a little funny scrub brush, you know, just scrubbing it away, you know, uh-huh. dissolving. <laughs> and it just made me laugh. I thought, well, this is so silly. And I didn't pay any attention to it. And two weeks later, uh, before the surgery in the pre-op exam, I hear my doctor gasp, and I'm thinking, well, that's it, you know, curtains for me. And she said, what did you do? And I said, what what, what happened? And it, it turned out the, the tumor was about the size of a nickel, and it shrunk to the size of a pea in two weeks. And it was not Aye. that kind of tumor. It wasn't going to do that. And uh, we had the surgery, and afterwards I gave her a copy of the book, and I said, you might be interested in this. <laughs> <laughs> good for you good for you yeah so wow the, awesome well you know that it's one of those experiences that when you have them and i'm sure many of your reader readers listeners here <laughs> may have had this kind of experience themselves as well it's actually more common than you think um 
your life shifts a little bit and you go, well, okay, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, and that like that of, miracle is like, boom, like mind-blowing. Yeah, and it's one thing to read a book or kind of take things on faith or, or belief. It's another thing to really have the experience yourself and and, yeah. and have a visceral um, understanding of, of how this can work in your own life. And that's exciting. Oh yeah, yeah, that is definitely definitely and uh and that's why, you know, some of the times when, you know, I we have these uh, synchronicities and signs and things that happen and I call them miracles. Um they're like guideposts for me to just keep going. And so you're mm-hmm. talking about like in this instant just this this opening up of wow, what is possible. Now the mind is yeah. bigger and more expansive and um and then and then any limiting beliefs just kind of dissolve in that space. You already mm-hmm. proved it to yourself. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. That's super cool. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I'd love for you to share a couple, what some of your favorite stories, either from your clients or your students, um, things that they figured out and things that they've healed maybe. Sure. Um, let's see. I have many to choose from. Uh, the, the story I usually tell is uh, in interviews is, is one that uh, really outlines the, the way medical intuition works. It's not a dramatic story, but it's, it, it's a very thorough um, case study, which I'm happy to share. Sure. Um, well, this is a, a woman who came to me with a persistent case of wrist tendonitis, which is, you know, inflammation of the tendons in the wrist. And um, she had tried everything. Tendonitis isn't, you know, obviously life-threatening, but it had been there for about a month, and she tried everything, and she just wanted me to look at it. Right? <laughs> you know? right, sure. uh, it wasn't going away. It was like, uh. so I took a look at it and um, I saw the tendons that were inflamed in the wrist. So how I look is I use what you could call it mind's eye visualization, but it's a very specific skill of viewing the physical body. And it's like looking, you know, at a an MRI, that kind of thing, or a functional yeah. MRI. Um, and I saw the tendons and, I saw underneath the tendons there was a fracture in the bone that had healed, and all around the wrist, which you wouldn't see in an MRI, was a, a cloud of what looked like grief or sorrow, emotional pain. And what happens at that point is I have a conversation with the body part, and I say, okay, body part, what is it you want to show me about this having to do with this issue? And uh in this case, uh, what I looked at for her was the origins of the issue. And I look at it as if I'm watching a little movie of someone's life. That's how it kind of shows up. For her, uh, what showed up was an image of her at, in her 20s. This woman was in her 40s, so this was somewhat earlier for her, about 20 years earlier. She was playing sports with her boyfriend. She tripped and fell and broke her wrist. And uh, the next thing her wrist showed me was her in the hospital room, the ER, getting the wrist, you know, taken care of, taped up and whatnot, and her boyfriend breaking up with her right there in the hospital. Wow. And, yeah, so what her her wrist was saying is that it retained the, the physical trauma, because any time we break a bone or anything like that, that's physical trauma that can actually be retained, the imprint of, in the body, but also the emotional imprint of the emotional trauma that happened at the same time. And at that moment, my client, she had a memory of that experience, and she said, you know, um, it was like an aha moment for her. She said, I'm going through a breakup right now with her partner she'd been with for 10 years. 
And I said, when did it start? When did the breakup happen? She said about a month ago, right before the tendonitis flared up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There you go. That's perfect example. Thank you. Yeah, well, there's more. So <laughs> what's fascinating about this work is there's always more, and it's really it's really fascinating to go as far you know with it as you can. Her wrist showed me more. So what 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 her wrist was saying was, well, this 20-year-old experience of emotional heartbreak is now reactivated with this current life experience, and it had flared up in this this way, tendonitis. Well, there was something else hiding in the wrist, and that was an image of her around age five. Um, she was in a dark closet, and she was protecting herself with her arm held up in front of her face. There was a cane or a stick, it looked like a cane, coming down and striking her right in that same spot. And uh, at that moment, my client, before I could go any further, she said, my mother was mentally ill, and she used to beat me with her cane and lock me in a closet. Oh and, gosh. Yeah, so her wrist was showing me this lifetime of um, weakness, so to speak, or trauma, you could say, trauma right in that spot that had emotional and physical impact that it carried forward. Now, what's inter- this is very common. It's a very common experience. People say things come out of the blue. I'm telling you, they don't. There's always some kind of trajectory that's fascinating and worth looking at uh, right. to see where something might come from. And from, for this client, the next thing I do is I ask the body, what does it want to heal for wellness? You know, often that comes with referrals to certain kinds of healthcare professionals that might be able to help. And um, what her body said was, well, you know, there's some sleep disruption and some gut stress problems, but mostly it's all about emotions here. And so, you know, I let her know what I what I saw, and two days later I gave her a call to see how she was doing, and she said, it's gone. <laughs> um, the wrist was back to normal. I said, what happened? And she said, well, I was able to really start to process these emotions of my current breakup. I was trying not to. I was being stoic and all the rest of it, and her wrist was just holding on to all that. So when she had an opportunity to let it all go and cry and process, you know, her wrist balanced itself. Now, that's not always what happens. That was a wonderful outcome, but um, and medical intuition can never guarantee that. But the information that her body had for her allowed her to release some of the stuck emotion and come to a place of healing. Very powerful in that respect. Oh, yeah, very, very powerful. Oh, great example. So cool. Now, you mentioned earlier about some research about with this yes. group from yes. uh, you know, U.S. San Diego, so maybe you can share a little bit about that because that's kind of exciting. I'd love to. Um, you know, when I looked into the research to see who's done what about medical intuition, you know, there wasn't a lot of research there. There's a lot on intuition, as I mentioned earlier, in healthcare, but not on the specific skill of medical intuition. So... <laughs> What I did was I said, you know, my students are coming out with very, very high anecdotal success rates. Uh, we knew that because they all keep, you know, we, we, we gather case studies and, you know, it's part of the program. It's all very methodical. And, and of course, in my practice, I knew I was, you know, hitting it out of the box a lot or out of the park. But, you know, just because of feedback from clients, I thought it's now's the time. So I, never having done anything like this before, I, I consulted with some friends and colleagues in San Diego uh, through the University of California, San Diego, and uh, Scripps Health and other areas, and I asked them to help me put together a 
it couldn't be gold standard just because we weren't going through an institution, but we wanted a survey that would give us data and information on the experience of a client. And so um, they helped me vet a really phenomenal survey, which we started. We, it went about six, six to eight months. We worked with 67 people that were all, they all wanted to be part of it. Uh, and about five of my, exactly five of my graduate students who were, um, you know, certified from me. And what we ca- and these were blinded sessions, so we did as much as we could, you know, in the non-clinical environment to re- replicate that. So we had the, 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 the graduates did not know, we never do an intake anyway, so there was no prior knowledge of what the, the subject was dealing with. Uh, their eyes oh, are closed. Okay. Yeah, so it was so they, they don't have they don't know what the problem is at all. No, they're just no. reading them cold they're, kind of thing. Yes, and that's that's pretty much how the process goes. I don't do an intake either; it's cold ah, reading. Okay, okay. And that that's actually very helpful in the medical intuitive process, <laughs> to be honest. But it can work either way. But sometimes that's really helpful. So in this case, we decided no intake, no prior knowledge, um, and eyes closed because that's the way we work in medical intuition. The way I use it. And teach it. And so here's what we came out with. Um, of those 67 people, uh, 94% uh, said the medical intuitive located and accurately located and evaluated their primary health concern. Wow. Yeah. That is Pretty amazing. High. Yeah, yeah, we were that's excited. Amazing. Well, and, and yeah. then, I mean, how long did, because I was thinking there's so many parts of the body, like, <laughs> like how, I mean, you know, if you don't know well, where to look, then you just go well, look at everything? Well, that's the part. Well, that's the scan. The way the way I, I work and the way I teach is we scan the body, and that's a part of the process of medical intuition. So in those initial scans, 94% said they nailed it. They got, the very, they got my primary right. issue. Um, 98% said the medical intuitive drew, um, I'm trying to remember the exact language, but it was, that uh, they described events that correlated with that issue from their life history that were probable or possible. So agreed to strongly agreed was 98% said the medical intuitive made a connection to their life history that they wouldn't have known otherwise that made sense to them. Um, 90, here's, here's a, oh, uh, we had a very, very high accuracy rate for secondary issue. It was almost 100%. <laughs> For secondary issues, so we see a lot, oh, wow. and we uh, um, the other the other piece of data we came out with, which we thought was just fascinating, and this was kind of a question we threw in. We didn't even know what we would get. We got 94% accuracy for or consistency rate from the medical intuitive with a known diagnos- diagnosis. So if the subject came in knowing what their diagnosis was, they'd gotten one from their healthcare provider. In other words. The medical intuitive was deemed 94% accurate, accurate, or excuse me, not accurate, consistent with that diagnosis. Now, that's kind of extraordinary, right? That is definitely, definitely. Well, and I'm, I'm assuming that in some of those cases, the medical intuitive uh, is picking up things that the regular conventional medicine or people that they've already seen aren't picking up, so they may not know that it's correlated. True. So, so yes, that's exactly right. And uh, but we asked that of people who had a known medical diagnosis, and that group was 86% of our of our whole group. So it wasn't 
the bulk of them, what was the it was most of them, 86% of you know a high percentage. So of those people, uh, you know, we had this this wonderful uh, uh, result, and um, uh, you know all of that data. And there was more too. We found that people, and we were just sort of asking questions that we wanted the answers to, and to see where these things fell. We found that before and after, we had them do a little before um, survey on their anxiety and worry level over their issue, and then we asked afterwards when they filled out their survey form, how are you feeling now about your issue? And we saw a 38.4% drop in concern and worry and stress, which is not what the, the goal of medical intuition necessarily is, but it was a wonderful outcome, and that is a clinically uh, significant outcome. So we took oh, yeah. all of we took all that. I took all that data to um, uh, a colleague, a friend of mine, who is the chief of family medicine, um, a professor of family medicine, I should say, at the University of California, San Diego, and he runs a research center there. And I showed him all this, and he said, "Well, I think it's time we did a gold standard study, don't you?" <laughs> well, I think so. <laughs> so he put together a proposal um, that we are in the process of funding and, and finding funding for. Uh, so if any of your listeners are interested in this, please go to the website, thepracticalpath.com, and look under uh, research and the UCSD study. And uh, please donate if, they, if you can. If you're interested in learning more about it, there's more information. I'm happy to talk to anyone. This would be the first gold standard study of its kind. We would be working through the UCSD medical system. Uh, it would be completely you know, blinded and all the, all the checks and balances in place. And this is what's needed in this field. Uh, so, shockingly, oh, there wow, that's been that before. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's time, it's money, it's an investment. Yeah. It's there's a lot of paperwork involved uh, in in research <laughs> and the whole ethics thing. And oh my yeah. gosh, I did it once for a company. I was doing a double blind thing, and and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And it's a, it's a, but when you come out with, you know, with the results that we had in the pilot study, it, you know, there's a lot of interest. We just had uh, the abstract for that, the, the pilot study published in um, a, a really wonderful peer-reviewed uh, medical journal called Global Advances in Health and Medicine. And uh, we've been presenting uh, this wonderful um, doctor uh, is by the name of uh, Paul J. Mills, uh, who is just phenomenal in terms of the work he's doing to advance um, the idea and the study of biofield practices into conventional medicine. Um, we've presented uh, at conferences, and you know we've written uh, this paper together, and you know there's, the interest is very high. Um, Good. So we're really hoping that uh, you know that we see more development on this study because that would really be a game changer. Oh, that it's absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just, um, I mean, it's a loaded question, but you know, right now, you know, as we are doing this live and it's being recorded in uh, August of 2020, there's still so much concern worldwide, especially in the U.S., uh, about COVID-19 and infections, yeah. and you know, how good's my, you know, immune system. Maybe you can speak a little bit on how medical intuition can be really helpful in this space. Well, you know, I don't do a, a medical intuitive session without looking at the immune system. There are two places I will always look, <laughs> unless a client says don't look there for some reason, they want to go somewhere else. But generally speaking, I will always look at the, the digestive system and the, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, lymphatic system. 
So that's your, you know, your gut and your immunity. Uh, because we live in, yeah, unless you're lucky enough to live on a, a wonderful, clean island somewhere, it's a toxic environment. Um, physically, you know, our environment is not, if you live in a city, for sure. If you're lucky enough to live in the country, that's great. But it's not just toxic air and water and food. It's also toxic emotion and yeah. heavy, just so so much going on right now in the world, obviously with the pandemic and politics and you name it. It's a very stressful time. And it's just, you, you can look back at the last 20 years and go, my goodness, you know, it's like ramping up <laughs> exponentially. And this is part of the human experience. So what we want to do is find ways for ourselves to, balance our physicality, our gut health, our immunity. One of the best ways I know uh, is with meditation practices, uh, de-stressing. The mind-body connection is something that everybody should look into because this is really one of the major factors, uh, stress, and um, de-stressing is critical. And we live in a very stressful world. Children are very stressed out. Everyone's stressed out. And that can cause yeah, a myriad of health issues. Yeah, to see children. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to see, and, and then, you know, um, empowering children, too, you know, because yeah. like you, growing up, there's so many now, um, even more than, say, 30 years ago, at least in my experience, of, you know, those being born that are, you know, sensitive souls, highly intuitive. There seems to be more and more and more of them. And I think just with the process of the evolution of our planet and our species as, as we are developing or able to tap into, I should say, more and more of these uh, skills, if you will, naturally. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, there just isn't enough, uh, well, I should say there's enough, there will be, hopefully, <laughs> uh, enough people in these various areas being able to train children. And you're, you know, you're training healthcare mm-hmm. professionals which we sorely need, and, you know, parents, and, you know, all, so we can really be sovereign in our minds and understand what really serves us, and, um, yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the the training. I know you actually mm-hmm. provide medical intuitive training, and does somebody need to be a healthcare provider, and then and then what does level one and level two, what, what do those all involve? Yeah, so um, I train wellness professionals, and that's a fairly broad swath. Uh, these are people who have studied and practiced and have businesses and practices in healthcare. So that can be, you know, of course, medical doctors, um, you know, acupuncturists, um, DOs, RNs, even the, you name it, uh, all the way to people who are certified in various kinds of healthcare, allied healthcare, health and wellness coaches, um, mm-hmm. massage therapists, things like that. Um, and certain biofield practices that have gained, uh, you know, a good deal of legitimacy is fine too. But there needs to be a professional practice. So this isn't for people who are necessarily, you know, just wanting to, you know, kind of play around with it. These are people who want to incorporate it into their practices. So <laughs> that's the distinction with this training. It's 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 comprehensive, it's intensive, and it really is for the the incorporation into um, a healthcare practice. So um, the Level 1 program is four months, one weekend a month, uh, intensive a month, and then homework you do between each month. Uh, Level 2 is a five-month program, again, one weekend a month with homework. And that 94 to 98% accuracy rate that I was talking about are students that have completed their nine months of training. 
uh, there's this, I mean, that's what we're coming out with after nine months, and that's the way the program is designed. Uh, there is a certification process. Um, students complete a lot of case studies uh, and a lot of mentoring with me. So it's, it's, it's all real-time. It's live online. So I do this. Anyone can join from anywhere in the world. We get people from all over the world, which is really, really fun. Uh, nice. You can expand your community that way. And there's a lot of, um, it, it, like I said, it's a mentored process, so there's a lot of personal uh, support through this, so people really get this down in a relatively short space of time uh, and begin incorporating it into their practices right away. That's the whole idea of this. So it's not theoretical. It's, there's tons and tons of practice. You practice in class with your classmates and you practice with uh, friends, family, and whoever else wants to help you out uh, through the process. And it's really a wonderful, everybody you know who goes through it gains a lot of um, not just the skill but also personal awareness because there's so many people who are you know intuitive without really having the acknowledgement of their skill set to develop that for themselves can be extremely um what is the word uh supportive for themselves you know they they find it because you're really kind of activating a part of yourself that's who you really are. You know, you really are intuitive. Right. So it's validating. That was the word I was looking for. Validating, yes, yes, I understand. And it sounds like that you, uh, I mean, there's the fall session coming up, so mm -hmm. they're live, the level one yes. and level two training? Yes, they're all live. I don't teach uh, this program in a self-study format. It doesn't work that way, in my opinion. Uh, you really want the benefit of being in a class, having direct practice with your classmates, with the interaction with me as a teacher, and my, uh, you know, um, it, it 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 brings the the learning into practice. Put it that way. Uh, the other thing I offer is a program, a workshop for the public. Now this is open for everyone. It's called Medical Intuition for Self Healing, or Medical Intuition for Healing, I think it's called, and that workshop is. Uh, for people to learn how to use these intuitive skills for their own health and wellness. And that's really important. <laughs> um, I teach that a few times a year, also live online. I am uh, working on a book right now, and then I will be working on a, an adjunct um, self-study program for that workshop. So at some point next year, I hope um, people will be able to take that at, at, as they choose. But they can go to the website and um, put themselves on a waiting list for the next um, program that comes around, which will probably be early next year, where I teach it uh, live online. And people love it because it gives them an opportunity to start using the way I did, you know, with my own body, when I mentioned that story about shrinking the tumor, using that mind-body connection in your, in your mind's eye, you know, to try to visualize and work on visualization. It's just wonderful. So oh, there's a lot great. to learn and and I see that on the website, so thepracticalpath.com. That's where everyone needs uh, will go, thepracticalpath.com, all one word. And then you can look under classes, and then you'll see the various options there. And I see it there here, and right now it says, you know, contact us for the next available time. <laughs> um, and is that a one-hour like a one hour workshop or how? how no, that's um, a six-hour workshop, six hours. Wow. So you really six get hours. it down. And wow, it also amazing. Well, there's a lot of, we want to be able to practice this stuff, you know. We don't want to just have it be theory, right? <laughs> right, right. That's it's also, 
And that class is also an introduction to medical intuition. So it's an opportunity to learn about the history of medical intuition and, you know, what it means in healthcare, how it can support your own healthcare, how it can support your practice if you're interested in the program. It's a good introduction. Uh, and um, that'll be available probably January, February of this uh, next year uh, and onward. I, I teach it throughout the year at various times. Okay. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, again, for folks listening in, it's thepracticalpath.com, all one word. And I'm sure there are some folks that would say, hey, Wendy, do you still do readings? Yes, <laughs> I do. Teaching. So how does all that work, and how do they book with you? Uh, go to the website, and under the services uh, menu tab, uh, there's a drop-down, and uh, the, anyone can book a session with me. Uh, there's a calendar and whatnot, and I'd be happy to uh, work with you. Another option, students. Uh, excuse me. Another option people have is if there's if they'd like, my students are always practicing and they they have to complete their hours. So they love working with members of the public. Anyone who wants a free session can contact us through the contact page on the website and uh, book a free session with one of our uh, advanced students. And that's a great and that's another great introduction to medical intuition. If you're listening and you're Beautiful curious about the program, you can you know, always contact me, and I'm happy to talk with you. But you can have an experience of it either with me or one of my students. Okay, uh, we also fantastic. Have, yeah, we also have graduate students as well, and they're listed, uh, some of them are listed on the website as well, and you can call them for an, an appointment as well. Oh, great. Well, we have about uh, five minutes left or so, and I just want to let folks know who are live on the call, if you have a quick question for Wendy, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Hit 1. So we know your hand is up, 818-514-1190. Now, um, we're not doing readings today on, on this. It's not appropriate for the show, but if you have a question about medical intuition, about whether it's right for you, it's a perfect time to get your question answered. So I have someone here with area code 216. So I'm going to unmute you. Just let us know your first name. Hi, who's this? Hi, my name is Patricia. Hey, Patricia. Uh, what question do you have for us? Yes. I um uh, <clears throat> well, I was calling for a reading, but since there's not gonna be a reading, um, I like to find out well, I'll ask it this way. Uh would medical intuition uh is that is that something I should consider as a freelance writer and a energy healer? Uh South Skills or Patricia, you're asking if you could consider it as a as a as a profession for yourself as an energy healer. As would that complement what I my uh, gifts and talents already as an energy healer and a freelance writer? Well, you know, anyone can study medical intuition. Um, you know, it's certainly something you can develop for yourself. Um, you know, my program what? is is designed for healthcare practitioners that have a practice. But why don't you go to the website, take a look, and see. There's a frequently asked questions page, which really outlines the program and, you know, the questions I've gotten over the years on people interested in studying or learning more. All right. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. You are, you. You are welcome. Okay, that's great. So I'm just going to mute you, Patricia, back up here. Um, 
And uh, again, it's thepracticalpath.com, and you'll have all the information there, including the classes, how to book a session with Wendy, or just use the contact page if you'd like to connect with uh, one of the students that are in the certification program, and you could possibly get a free reading, which would be super awesome. Um, and then, Wendy, do you have any last uh, words or advice for people that are listening in? You know, the advice I can give people mostly is take some time to listen to your body, commune with your body, just even just some deep, slow breaths. Uh, you know, we don't even think about doing that in our day unless you have a, you know, a, a practice of meditation that you're, that you're really consistent with. <laughs> but sometimes just taking a few slow breaths can really help you just settle down and settle in. Uh, to your physical body, and our bodies really like it. You know, one of the things that we don't realize is that our bodies have their own conscious awareness, and they really want to feel part of. So give your body that opportunity. Just give it some love, uh, take some breaths, give it a nice big hug. <laughs> it loves that. <laughs> your body oh, loves that. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> So, Wendy, thank you so much for being on the show today. We just absolutely loved having you, and uh, I'm just so pleased and thrilled to see that you are, you know, helping us MDs <laughs> and other healthcare <laughs> practitioners really uh, have a have a program to to tap into that part of us. And we and um, all of my tribe, I think, will agree that we need more of that, uh, you know, um, even more urgently than than we did previously. So, again, yeah. thank you for your great work and your research. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Karen. I really appreciate you having me on the show. It's a real privilege. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. And we want to thank everyone for listening in. Thank you so much, and um, have a wonderful day, everyone. Until next time, bye for now. Lots of love.